What goes on, listeners? We back on episode four of the podcast of the podcast called The Pitch. It's a very special episode because it is December twenty third today. December twenty third can only mean two things. It means that Christmas is two days away, and what that means is that Boxing Day is three days away. Y'all might not know what Boxing Day is, but that's a significant day. In soccer, because starting December 26th, we will have not one, not two, not three, not four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight days of English soccer, people. It is a soccer-specific episode of the pitch today. Let's get into it. Ah! So that was a lot of energy for the intro. So we are going to keep the energy rolling straight through. As I mentioned, we are in a soccer-specific episode of The Pitch today. We've got a week and a half straight of English Premier League soccer. I am here to preview it all for you. We're going to go over quite a few points today, including Chelsea FC's run-in through this festive period and why it may be so important as well as a few other teams, as well as the impl- as well as a few results that could implicate quite some changes for any of the sides that are affected. So let's get into something that I saw to be rather one of the one of the more funny, crazy things that I have seen regarding soccer in my five, six years of following it. So if you are a soccer fan, you will know Arsenal are in absolute turmoil right now. And for those who do not know, Arsenal Football Club are a team based in North London. They were are the only team to have ever gone a Premier League season without losing a game. They are one of the big six. They are, they are constantly in the top six places, have not won the league since that 04-05 invincible season. But they are a, a perennial team that are always up within the big six. However, this season, through 14 games, They have lost four of their last five games. They have only won one point of their last 15, and they sit in 15th place, just four points above the relegation zone. That is not something you would expect out of a team such as Arsenal, who have been to European finals, who have have won the Premier League before under Arsene Wenger. Ever since Wenger has left, the club has yet to find his replacement. They have yet to find their identity. And now new manager, Mikel Arteta, is. I, I'm thinking he only has a few days left. I'm surprised he's lasted this long. They sit on 14 points. They are far off the, um, the race for the European spots. Never mind the title race. Title race is just out of the question at this point. So I read an article from Bleacher Report a few days ago that Arsenal... Are, are beginning to insert relegation clauses into some of the players' contracts. For those of you who do not follow soccer, a relegation clause would mean that certain players would be allowed to leave the club if the team gets sent down into the second division. Let's stop, let's stop all conversation right there. I am, to be perfectly clear, I am not an Arsenal fan. But up until maybe last season, I had every bit of respect for them. There are not many teams that I hate in this league. I actually really respected Arsenal. I respected them as a team. I I liked watching them play. It was fun watching them play. 
But where is the, it's a little confusing to me how a team that is so used to success has done now with that they've already done less than nothing in the sense that they haven't fired their manager. They haven't tried to rotate a few players out. They haven't tried to do anything. And now accepting the fact that they may be in a relegation fight without doing anything. It's just, it's, and now they're putting a clause into these players' contracts that tells them they can leave if this team goes down. I just, I feel like it is just completely contrary to a team's, to a team's winning mentality. It just shows that they've completely sacked this season off. They're not even trying to get into the top half of the table at this point. Forget Europe, forget the top six. That's long gone. But they haven't, there's been no rotation of the players. All the same players are starting. They're starting to blame them. And it's at a point where you can only do so much for them. You can only blame the manager so much. It just gets to a point where, where it's at where it's a it's a collective blame where there's where it's it's the board it's the it's it's the manager it's even the players too all these fans I'm watching Arsenal fan TV they're they're all blaming a bummyang and things like that for not scoring the guy's frustrated a bummyang is one of the better players within the last three four seasons since he arrived from Dortmund and he he signed his contract. Everybody's wondering when he's going to sign his contract, when he's going to sign it. He signed the ting, as they say. Big man ting, they signed it. Ever since he signed that, it's been all downhill from here. And the guy has just scored his first goal since signing the contract. I believe it was back in like mid-September. And this guy is the leading goal scorer for the club over the last four seasons. Hasn't scored a goal in three, four months. It's, I, again, I must be sounding like an Arsenal fan here, but I, please, I'm not. I think it's just because I was used to watching them fight for these positions. You know, it's almost, it's like in that season, in the 15-16 season, when Leicester, when Leicester won the league, was, that was my first year really following Chelsea and, um, and that was a, t- a tumultuous season for them. Mourinho had been back. It was his first year back. Or I think it was his second year back, actually. And they just were not succeeding. Leicester were beating them up. And it, w- it got to around now. It was the game that Chelsea played Leicester. That was the last straw for the Chelsea board. After that game, that which they lost 2-1 to Leicester at the King Power. Mourinho was fired. And after and the, for the rest of that season, Chelsea hired the interim manager. They were sitting in something in the bottom half of the table at that point. Again, completely different circumstances to this season. But then Chelsea hired their interim manager for the rest of the season, Gus Hiddink. And then they tried and they stormed back. They came back and came within and finished in 10th place, which for that season. Thank God they finished between in from the uh, can't find my words. Thank God they finished in tenth, which is the halfway point between the top and the top half and the bottom half of the table. Arsenal are not a team that's going to get relegated. They have too much quality in that side. They are just a completely disgruntled team right now. 
Arteta's lost the dressing room. It's just, I really don't think we've seen turmoil like this, even at a relegation club. West Brom, for instance, just fired their manager, Slavin Bilic, after winning, or excuse me, after winning, after winning a point at Manchester City. It's not tumultuous there. I personally think I do think it was the right decision to let him go. He wasn't going to be getting another result. They're playing Liverpool the next match. He's not getting a, a result there. It never seemed tumultuous, even though the club seemed, when Chelsea had a go, it seemed pretty scary. You knew that they weren't going to get relegated, you know? And then Chelsea, of course, beat Spurs on the with a few games to go, and they won Leicester the title. Yada, yada, yada. This just seems like complete turmoil. Despite that, I don't think they're going to get... I, I could not imagine a situation where Arsenal got relegated. I don't know what would happen. But the fact that they have just put themselves in the mentality that they may get relegated... It's just they're not even a big six team anymore. It's just, it's that simple. They're not doing anything about their failures. They've, they've, they're losing to Burnley. They're losing, they're doing, they're doing everything wrong. I think it's worse that they have put themselves mentally in the relegation battle than the fact that they are sitting 15th. It's worse for them. Because they're not going to be playing to the level. They're, they're playing down to their to other teams' par. Teams are not playing up to Arsenal's par. And it's just crazy that if if Chelsea's if Chelsea were in this position and Abramovich, their owner, and the rest of the chair said, and the rest of the board, excuse me, said, listen, we are going to put clauses that say if we get relegated why would relegation be even in the question that would be the most ridiculous thing that I have seen this team do in my five six years of watching it's definitely the most ridiculous thing I've seen a big six team do in my five six years of watching Chelsea never accepted that they were going to get relegated but now Arsenal have mentally put themselves into the relegation battle and that is their downfall to me, they are no longer a big six team. Leicester City has now replaced Arsenal in the big six. In the sense that they have won a title now. They have won as many titles. They will now be a perennial contender for Champions League and Europa League, sitting in top four, top five. And even they may be challenging for another title within the next few years. Personally, Chelsea, to me, will win a title within the next three years. But if Leicester sign bigger players anywhere, it doesn't matter. They don't even need the bigger players now. But once they do, they will have the money to sign world-class players. And those world-class players that are on the market will see the project that is happening at Leicester under Brendan Rodgers, who is doing an unbelievable job, may I say, guiding Leicester to where they're at right now. I'd say they are favorites in their European competition in the Europa League right now. Doing a hell of a lot better job than Arsenal, that's for sure. They are the opposite. They are only winning mentality. 
They have completely switched their mentality since winning the title. So I think Leicester stays a big six team. And, if, I don't, and I also think if it were not for this season and the congestion of it, I think Wolves would also be in that conversation. Showed their grit against Chelsea. That's for sure. Chelsea are just, Chelsea did not play well that game. If it were not for the congestion of this season, Leicester and Wolves, Leicester for sure, I don't think it would matter this season actually with Leicester. I think they would still be sitting in the top four spots. But I think Wolves would be sitting all, I, whatever, I, the one thing I know in my mind is that I think of Leicester as a bigger team than Arsenal right now. And that's all there is to it. So that is what I've been thinking on the Arsenal side because there is, they're playing Chelsea their next game. If that's, not a, if that's not a Christmas miracle enough for Chelsea, they need to get back on track. The good 3-0 win against West Ham, but they need to get back on track with a resounding result. And as long as Chelsea play to their par, this will be an, they will cruise and they will give them their confidence back. That is our next segment coming up on the pitch. Goodness, I am ranting like an Arsenal fan, but I can promise you I'm not. So let's hop into let's hop into the um the section of this episode of the pitch. Where we may as where I as a Chelsea fan am gonna provide a few even more controversial points as to who may be better heading into the festive period. Let's roll right on and continue our soccer our soccer specific episode, episode number four of the pitch. So we're gonna preview the festive fixtures and our we still have a hot take coming up. That is not one thing that has changed. We just don't have a baseball section this week. We will stay in-house with the English Premier League. So starting on Saturday is when Chelsea plays Arsenal, the team that it seems like I may support now. I promise I don't. Chelsea sit in fifth place. They have just won their last match 3-0. Very unconvincingly, a 3-0 result against West Ham. They stuck around. It is a thing that Chelsea... The thing that Chelsea do best is if they are not, they have not won the match early in the, in the game. They are very, very good at sticking around. And those last 15 minutes is when they really find the grit and they grind out results. Tammy Abraham scored two goals in 100 seconds within the last 15 minutes of the game. That put them 2-0 and 3-0 up on West Ham. They stayed in the game and they took down West Ham, a big result for them. Leicester City sit in second place. There's a marquee matchup coming up on Saturday, the day after Christmas. As I said, Boxing Day is the marquee fixtures. And when they begin, second place versus third place, Leicester City versus Manchester United. That is, I think that's bigger than the Chelsea Arsenal match, that's for sure. The early game of Boxing Day fixtures is 7.30 in the morning. I sure am not getting up for it, but it is going to be a really fun game to watch. So Manchester United is going to be mentioned in my hot take. I will not, I will not focus on any of that right now. So Spurs is lost to Liverpool. Boo Spurs. Spurs is lost to Liverpool has really shot down their, their chances at trying to catch them. That is for sure. I was hoping for a draw 
in the last in the game between Spurs and Liverpool. But Spurs, after the Liverpool game, also lost 2-0 to Leicester. In that corresponding match, Liverpool beat Crystal Palace 7-0. So two losses in as many for Spurs and two wins in as many for Liverpool. They have pulled away. At least for now, Liverpool is six points ahead of Spurs, who sit in sixth place. Level with Chelsea. Chelsea just sit ahead of Spurs on goals, on goal, on goal difference. They've actually... Chelsea and Spurs have actually let up the same amount of goals. Chelsea have just scored four more than Tottenham Hotspur. As we look at that top half of the table, we do not see Arsenal, as I mentioned. What we do see, we see the new big six team, in my opinion. Leicester City sit in second place. We see Everton. We see Everton, people. Remember that time where, where the Premier League used to be classified as top six and Everton? who would just always sit in seventh place instead of the big seven. Lest, uh, excuse me, Everton sit in fourth place, one point above Chelsea. So they play Sheffield. Sheffield United sit bottom of the table right now. Chris Wilder has yet to leave the club. I should talk about Sheffield United a little more and what I think of them because I think there is something there with them. So, so Everton plays Sheffield on Boxing Day. And then on the 28th, the day after International Michael, Michael with a Wise Birthday Day, they play a critical, critical matchup for them is Manchester City at home at Goodison. They will host Pep Guardiola's side. If they can take down, I think Sheffield, thinking of, um, of Everton's recent form, you would think that, that the Sheffield game is one that they really should win. But if they can take down Manchester City, they can really affirm their foothold in the top four of the Premier League. So Chelsea play Villa on the same day that Everton host Manchester City. So Chelsea have a relatively, in the sense, it's it's nice in the sense that they really don't have to leave London over their next four games, including the one that they just played against West Ham. They hosted West Ham. They will go to the Emirates. They play Villa and the, at home, and they also host Manchester City on January 2nd. So Manchester City are running the gauntlet right now, but they are the team that everyone is scared of, not the other way around. So Spurs have had a tough run through. They've been taken down by, by Liverpool, then Leicester. Spurs play on Sunday against Wolves, another dark horse team. Sunday, international Michael with the wise birthday day. So they play on the Sunday, which means two days after that. Or am I incorrect? No, they play three days after that. So they play on Wednesday, which is December 30th against Fulham. And actually, there is, there is, oh, I lied. In the last section, they play, there are no games on New Year's Eve day. On December 31st, there are no games. But other than that, we have games all the way through from December 26th until January 4th. So this has been a season of, of ups and there of a lot less room for error. So as I mentioned, Liverpool sit top on 31 points. Uh, Leicester City sit uh, four points behind that. Manchester City and Everton sit one point behind Liverpool, um, Leicester. And Manchester City, United, Manchester United, excuse me, do have a game in hand. They sit in third place. But right from there, that third place spot, 
which Manchester United and Everton share on 26 points. Wolves sit in 11th place, only six points behind Manchester United and Everton. There is a lot less room for error. We see West Ham sitting in that top half. We see Aston Villa. We see Southampton. This is going to be a time where the depth of these sides is really tested. And it is a side like Chelsea that may that that it's if anybody is winning this is winning the the festive period it's going to be them and it is a little unfortunate that in Chelsea squad the bodies are dropping a little bit Reese James has been injured Ben Chilwell has been injured so it looks like the stand-ins will be playing against Arsenal against Villa and I hope I really hope that either Reese James or Ben Chill and or Ben Chilwell are back for the game against Manchester City it's going to be a fun one to watch. But one slip up here, as it's shown with Spurs, they were sitting in second coming into the game against Liverpool. They lost the game against Liverpool, and they lost the game against Leicester. All of a sudden, they've got not one, not two, but three teams breathing down their neck for that sixth-place position. They've got Southampton a point behind, Manchester City two points, and Aston Villa three points. It's going to be the depth that wins these teams the, the festive period. So Liverpool sit ahead. They play West Brom in their next game. Leicester City and Manchester United play each other in the early game, as I mentioned. So let's shift our focus to the bottom half of the table, where we find Crystal Palace, who took an absolute drubbing last game to Liverpool. They sit in 13th place. Villa is their next game not in too much danger of relegation. It is the bottom five teams. It is um, Burnley, Brighton, Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield, who all are going through a gauntlet of games. As Burnley play Leeds, who sit who sit uh, just four points above them. It is, it is honestly, it's unfair to Leeds. If they had been, if they had been playing in a normal season, I think they'd be a little bit higher than 14th place. But a win could potentially bring them up to around 11th or 12th if they win out. Sheffield United sits on only two points. They are in real, real danger of relegation. They play Everton their next match. So this is, it's an interesting time because now there is less room for error. There are, you feel like there are being games being played left and right and, and up and down and all these. So... It is absolutely crucial that the teams with the better depth, with the better, the team that you would expect to succeed, I think will shine through. It is where, it is at this point where you would think that Southampton, Aston Villa, you would call them pretenders, but I, I'm not going to call them pretenders yet. You would think the pretenders get separated from the contenders at this point in the season. If Chelsea turn up in their games, if they can just find that last bit of quality, I think they will be just fine and they will be definitely contending for the title. I do not think they will win the title this season, but I do think contention is possible. So a prediction, it is prediction time. Uh, Liverpool will definitely remain top of the table at the end of the festive period and going into 2021. 
Other than that, I don't know if I can give you a particular order of teams that will be in the top four, top five. I think Chelsea will stay in the top. I'm going to say top five, not top four, top five. I will say top five. Chelsea will remain in the top five. Leicester will remain in the top five. And then from there on, it's a toss up. I don't know what the result of the Manchester United Leicester City game is going to be. I'm not going to predict that. I think Everton will be right on the cusp. I think they will they will do well in their games. But I think it will be the overall quality of the rest of the teams that will that will outshine Everton. And they may I think they may sit if they're sitting in fifth or sixth place, they'll be it'll be on goal difference. That leaves them out of the top four. And the Chelsea-Manchester City game on January 2nd will be each team's turning point of the season, regardless of the result. It will dictate what which direction the teams will go. I'm, I don't know what will happen to Southampton and Aston Villa, frankly, the, the, uh, the, the, the so-called pretenders. But I do know one thing, that I think Liverpool... I'm almost certain that Liverpool will stay top. I'm almost certain Chelsea will stay in the top four. And I'm almost certain Leicester City will stay in the top four. Now, a different team, Manchester United, who currently sit in third place, will be the topic of our hot take on today's episode of The Pitch. That is coming up next. So it is hot take time on The Pitch. Almost done with today's episode. And before we end it, as always... Last segment, hot take time. Let's get it. So this week's hot take is one that even I find pretty hot, especially considering the fact that this goes against my beloved Chelsea FC. And it's a pretty simple one. I just think that Manchester United are better than Chelsea right now. The consistency won't say it. The media won't say it. The table does, though. The table simply states, especially... If Manchester United win their game in hand right now, they are better than almost every other team in the league. I think maybe, well, I think Liverpool are far and away the best team in the league. I think Leicester probably have, have their number, but other than that, Manchester United, they just, I don't know what the media likes to do with them. They're, they're always targeting Pogba. They're always praising Bruno. They're always getting on Maguire. Linda Love, all of it. Manchester United are better than Chelsea right now. And the media, nothing, no one will tell you that just because it's been inconsistent from Manchester United. It's been, cons- you, they'll say it's consistently inconsistent, but it is not. Manchester United in their last 10 games, eight wins, one tie, and one loss. It was a one nil loss to Arsenal. They tied. They tied nil-nil. And then in five of their last six wins, they have scored three-plus goals. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters whether or not your team, your defense is leaky. As long as you can put in more goals, you can bang in more goals. Personally, I don't think it matters. A 6-2 win is the same thing as 4-0. I would rather six goals. If you can score six goals, that gets your confidence up more. Chelsea, in their last 10 games, five wins, 
three draws, two losses. Both of those losses came in a row. One of those draws was a really good-looking draw. was that nil-nil draw against Spurs. It was a good, good-looking draw. But the other ones, they, they, they let up. They let up. They, um, it was a 3-3 tie to Southampton. They were the better team in that game. There's just what's missing that, that makes Manchester United better than Chelsea. It's not that, that Chelsea doesn't have a Bruno Fernandes. It's just Bruno provides that, that just that little spark of genius. It's just been missing all season for Chelsea. If they could just find that last incisive pass, if they could find that spark, maybe a 20-yard strike, something. It's basically what N'Golo is to Chelsea on defense is what Bruno is to Manchester United on offense. He just dictates the game. N'Golo is everywhere on defense. N'Golo Conte is who I'm referring to for Chelsea. N'Golo is everywhere on defense. Can make anything happen. Win the ball back. X, Y, Z. Bruno does the same thing for Manchester United. On the right, on the left, in the middle. Just moving, creating. Chelsea were expecting either Timo Werner and or Kai Havertz to be that guy, but it just hasn't happened this season, and you cannot blame either of them. They are coming from a league in which teams aren't as good. It is very, very obvious, and it is becoming even more obvious with the transfers of Kai and Timo coming here that the Premier League is the most physical league, is the strongest league, is the toughest league in the world to play in. The Bundesliga is not a farmer's league. The Bundesliga is Germany's league. Both Kai Havertz and Timo Werner came from Leverkusen and from Leipzig, respectively. Their style of play suits the Bundesliga, not the Premier League. Yet, yet, everyone wants to get on Kai Havertz. The kid is 21 years old. They signed him for five years. Calm down, everyone. Kid just moved to a new city. He's this little boy, 21 years old, just moved from Germany, where he's only thing he's known his whole life is Germany. Moves as if moving to England, to the capital of England, isn't enough. He's moved there during a pandemic. He got coronavirus. Obviously, he is not fully recovered. The kid was sick. And the media just want to pin it on him. Why isn't he doing enough? Why isn't he doing enough? He's The kid is 21 years old and sick. So much for him to think about. Timo, the same thing. Moving to the capital for a large price tag during the pandemic. He did not get coronavirus. God forbid he does not knock on wood. It's a competitive front line. He's playing out of position, although I prefer him on this left because they need a striker like Tammy Abraham in the middle. Or Olivier Giroud, of course. It's flexibility. He's played in every single game. I think what they need to do once Ziyech comes back is they need to just give him a rest. They just need to just let him just chill a little bit. That's the thing with Chelsea that they're doing. They're missing their Bruno. They have him. 
They have many Brunos, but they're, it's just not happening for them. And it's not a problem that it isn't. I'm not trying to come up with excuses for this team. They're still doing very well. But Chelsea want to be viewed as like, they're being viewed as a, this great team. They're on a 17-game unbeaten run, X, Y, Z. Manchester United is getting absolutely pinned against this wall. They're getting crucified for, for letting in one goal. Meanwhile, three, three goals they score in the second half. They win 3-1, convincing game. All the media wants to do is focus on Maguire. What does it matter? And then all of a sudden when God, oh, they don't want to talk about Manchester United when they're winning 6-2. Nothing. Nothing. Eight wins in their last 10 matches. One loss. Two losses in a row for Chelsea. I'm not saying that Chelsea are not good enough right now. I have said it before. Chelsea are not title contenders this year. They are top four contenders. They are not title contenders. Manchester United win their games during this festive period and their game in hand in Burnley. They are title contenders. Criticized for not getting the big names. This will get them a big name this season. This season will do it. If they get their big name, they may challenge Liverpool. Chelsea are not better than Manchester United right now. The performances are just not happening. Week in, week out, Bruno Fernandes brings energy to this team, especially to the front line. Brings Rashford, brings it to Martial, brings it to Danny James, whoever is playing, to Cavani, to whoever he plays with. He brings energy, dictates the game. In attack, Chelsea do not have that right now. And that's the difference between these teams. Chelsea have the solid back line. Manchester United, their back line isn't great. I think it's been time for Lindelof to get out of there for, I mean, years. I don't even know why he's starting at this point. Maguire is not the problem. Maguire plays down to Lindelof's level. Manchester United don't have as good the back line. Bruno single-handedly outbeats everyone attacking-wise in the Chelsea team. And that speaks to volumes because Mason Mount has been playing unbelievably this season. Uh, Mateo Kovacic, same thing. Just hasn't been happening for Kai this year. No problem. He'll be back. Chelsea have a decent front line. They just lack that incisive finishing touch. Rashford has been playing unbelievable. Martial... Touch and go. Cavani. They're two different teams. But Manchester United, no matter how inconsistent they look, they've been consistently getting the wins. I don't know why everybody is calling for Ole out. Because all he needs is time and to get his big name. And all of a sudden, you will be hearing nothing about what is wrong with Manchester United and everything that is right about Manchester United, the way Liverpool get covered. Can't do a single thing wrong, Liverpool, in the British media. But Manchester United, as soon as they get their big man and give Ole that time, they will be a title contender. As if they aren't right now. They're missing their big name. And they are still title contenders. They are better than Chelsea. 
they are better than Spurs. Despite that drubbing from Spurs, that was their that was their only loss in this 10 games period. That 6-1 drubbing was their only loss. Chelsea losing to lesser opposition. Losing to Everton, losing to Wolves. Not as good as Spurs. I just don't think it is there for Chelsea right now. It is more there for Manchester United, as little as everyone wants to believe it. It is there for Manchester United to have. Patch up that back line a little bit. Maybe find a new center back. They've got Juan Bissaka. They've got Tellez. They've got Shaw. And they're sorted. They're going to be a dangerous team. And that, folks, is my hot take of the day. Manchester United, as horrible as it is to say that, they are better than Chelsea. That is the hot take of the day. And that is the end of episode number four of The Pitch. Folks, thank you very much for tuning in. It was a spirited episode today, a very spirited episode, as I have some strong beliefs, um, unpopular ones as well, against my own team. That sticker up there, right there on the ceiling, I was, uh, it's a missed point. I'm not pointing very well. But that sticker, I still love them to death. Please do not get me wrong when I say that. I still love them, but I can, but it's just, it's, it is tough love is all it is, folks. So thank you very much for tuning into today's episode of The Pitch. Give it a listen. We've got another one coming out soon. I will, it will probably be sometime either in between the festive period or it will be a festive period wrap up. Hopefully those boys up there on the ceiling will be getting those, those results so I don't have to criticize them anymore because I love them to death. Don't you guys worry about that. Chelsea play Arsenal on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that one. And until the next time, peace out, people. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to whichever you celebrate. Hopefully the time off from work, from school, from whatever you are participating in is a happy one, a healthy one, and all the best in 2021. Peace out for now. Episode five of The Pitch coming out soon. Thanks again for watching, people. Peace.